Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex and Bernie is here. Hello, Alex. Hello, my man. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing well. Uh, just can't wait to pod so I can go watch The Last of Us. <laughs> yeah, uh, we are holding you back from something more enjoyable, basically. <laughs> <laughs> by, by, by the way, like um, I, I told you this, but for our listeners, um, this podcast, we've been doing this for 11 years. So, of course, I enjoy this. And this usually gets in the way of a lot of even family things. So this is <laughs> like the, one of the most enjoyable parts of my week. And uh, I had someone challenge me on football knowledge, and I told him, here's my podcast. <laughs> Always good to be able to do that. Um, what what was this challenge about? Well, so it started off with, it's, it's a gentleman who I, 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 uh, I debate politics with, and uh, he, he cannot understand that. Well, he keeps hitting me with, I live in Eng- I live in the UK. Like, how do you, you can't know more about the royal family and, and what's going on than me. I'm like, well, my wife is actually a royal documentarian, so <laughs> I probably can. She's she's really into that. Like, just because you live there, she's into it. And then he start, we start talking about football because I was telling him that the British tabloids are trash and mm-hmm. you should never read them for anything whatsoever. And he goes, well, they're good at sports. I was like, first mistake in this conversation nope. that you've made. Uh, and he was like, what do you mean? that They got Ron- the Ronaldo details, right? I'm like, because they got it from The Athletic? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, if you're looking for breaking news in a newspaper at this point, you are you are horribly behind. <laughs> like, horribly behind, and, like, they literally make up anything and will say anything. So, like, a broken clock is right, what, twice? Isn't that the saying? Mm-hmm. Like, they're just throwing darts at the wall and, see- and seeing where, where it lands. Is it. So, it was really... Amazing when he asked me, okay, prove that you know football by telling me in two seconds without Googling who Manchester United's transfer targets are. I was like, you don't know me like that, bro. <laughs> A, that, A, it's funny that anyone would ask anyone to do that. But B, it's also funny because like they're the targets that are reported, which also could be wrong. And what I did was give him the ones that uh, Fabrizio Romano well, at that point, it was Wout Weghorst who, who mm-hmm. played today. And they were looking at Jeremy Fringbong in case Aaron Bissaka left, but he's been playing great. So that's not, you know, I gave him all that detail and Mans, <laughs> Mans was confused. In fact, I sent him a voice note. It wasn't even a text. I was like, let me show you. <laughs> wow. Shit got serious. You should have literally just sent him a link to the pod. Instead. Well, we, we hadn't recorded in two weeks, so like oh, I couldn't enough, give him yeah. the latest stuff. So. <laughs> well, whoever you are, this one's out to you. Um, does he listen? Uh, he said he will. I don't think he will because, you know, why would he after I've already proved my point? But uh, if he does, you know you're my, you know you're my guy. So, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Um, you, know, uh, you know who's Chelsea's guy? Uh, Mudrick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that little flirt. <laughs> he, <laughs> he did a month of flashing his ankles, a month of Instagram posts, a mm-hmm. month of uh, liking things and taking pictures of himself, watching Arsenal games. And, uh, and then he sodded off to Chelsea because they basically kidnapped him. Yeah. Yeah, he did everything he could 
to join Arsenal. And uh, Edu couldn't work out the finances. And, you know, again, I always say it's very difficult for me to do. Like, give Arsenal credit. You're top of the league, playing well, and you're financially competent. Like, these are things that are, in my opinion, is a good thing. In that you said, we like him. Mm-hmm. Well, you you bid. They said, we need more. You said, here's how far I can go. And he walked away from it. Because let's not get it like twisted. This wasn't he rejected Arsenal. He tried so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I, 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 You know what? I'm hesitant to even give Arsenal that much credit in that respect. Because ultimately, from the reporting um, done by The Athletic and not The Daily Mirror, um, mm. the, the two clubs basically came to the same number. It was more the installments and how much money was up front. And Shakhtar wanted a lot more up front and what have you. Because basically... They've had no fans in the stadium for a couple of years. They're playing in Poland. They're like bussing around the continent to play football games. It's, it's a pretty wild situation for them, but they need the money. Um, so Arsenal was still willing to spend the best part of 100 million euros on this kid, which to me is wild. And like maybe we'll soon find out that Modric is really bloody good. But this is a lot of money for someone who is basically unproven. Yeah, I think he's played a season and a half worth of football or something like that. And don't get, I mean, I'll be real. I've only seen highlights of this guy, but he he does look bloody good. But he looks great in transition, which is absolutely fine. I wish I had him. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, he's a speed merchant, but he has good close control as well. But all I've ever seen him do is run at people. So, mm-hmm. which excites me. Those are the types of things that I like, like like in football players. So I was like looking in, in a sense like, oh man, I really hope they don't get that guy because I like him. But then again, I like Nicola Pepe and you got him and I saw how that turned out. So maybe what I like isn't necessarily what you should be going for. If, you know, that's any indication of anything. If he um, turns out to be the next Pepe, that would be very, very funny. Yeah, yeah you, you could laugh that off because of Chelsea, but... <laughs> But the whole thing was weird, wasn't it? Like Chelsea, Arsenal work, working on it for for the best part of a month. And then Chelsea, it seems, just like decided that they were going to go do this. Flew to Turkey, paid the money. Well, I don't paid the money, but ag- agreed the deal. And then flew back with Modric and yeah. Dario Serna on the plane. Like, yeah. it just They went and picked him up. They really did. It was like, all of a sudden, they're like, and he's on his way to London. I'm like, for what? <laughs> like, I understand the medical, but it wasn't for the medical. It was, it was to sign the contracts. And, like, actually, they signed the, the contract between the two clubs in London. So it was like, oh, you're going to sign the papers? I'll pick you up and we'll sign it in like, the UK. Like, were they scared they were going to get attacked before, uh, like, sign the paperwork? Like, Maybe. It's... And and I I think the thing that cracks me up is I've not seen a single picture of him smiling about this. <laughs> no, no, he's he's ended up in a relationship. He's basically ended up in a uh, an arranged marriage, hasn't he? Yeah, it's a classic. It's, it's a classic tale. Yeah, he'll he'll grow um, to love his new his his new uh, what's his the new word? partner? Yeah, that's that's the word. Yeah. Um, I mean, he might, he might not. I mean, can, can I just read you a list that I've come up with of like Chelsea forwards? Yes. Thank you. 
Because um, <laughs> I sort of understood where Mudrick fit in at Arsenal, right? But I don't really. So Ziyech, Havertz, Sterling, mm-hmm. Mount, Mudrick, mm-hmm. Pulisic, Aubameyang, Jao Felix, Broja, Fafana, Callum Hudson-Odoi, and Romelu Lukaku. Funny enough, I can see why he fits in because Pulisic, gone. Ziyech, mm-hmm. gone. Jean Felix mm-hmm. not signing, so let's just say gone. <laughs> Obama Yang, gone. Gone. Uh, Broha, whatever, man. Yeah. <laughs> They're misusing that one. Uh, that was another one you mentioned. Mount. Fafana, Callum Hudson Odoi. Callum Hudson Odoi is done. He's gone. Uh, Fafana is going on loan, and I don't think he'll ever make a start for Chelsea. <laughs> 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 so, like, uh, they've Acquired all this attacking talent and none of it's useful except the possibility, and I mean the possibility of Mudrick. However, Mudrick might form a front or two with, with Lukaku. <laughs> He's coming back at, at this point. Like, I can see, somehow I feel like I can understand why they didn't buy a striker because I think they're going to be forced to make Lukaku work. I don't I, think I've just realized I forgot someone. Who's that? Uh, Nkunku. Oh, shit! <laughs> so, okay, here's, here's what I imagine is going to happen, right? Inter Milan don't want to keep Lukaku. Chelsea mm-hmm. aren't going to want to keep Lukaku. They terminate his contract and just pay him off, and he goes to Saudi or, or somewhere similar. Then, I can't afford that. Of course they can. Look at the money well, they're spending. They don't give a <laughs> shit. <laughs> they do not care. Um, and then you do a front three of Mudrick and Kunku and like maybe Sterling. Because Mudrick on the left, it actually does fit Sterling on the right and then Nkunku. I can yeah. see that, that forward line rotating and doing a lot of that 4-3-3 lovely stuff. But May I'm making you a bet right now? Lukaku is staying at that club. <laughs> I think they'll work something out. I just think they'll work something out. Uh, but I mean, having him lumber off the bench wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I mean, because his problem, and he's he said something that I feel like gives him a way out, a way back, in a sense, where he was like very clear recently where his problem was with the coach, is what he said. Inzaghi? No, 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 too cool. <laughs> oh, I see, I see, sorry. Right. So, like, Inter can't afford him. No. Like, forget that. Unless they unless they, they just want to feel loyal to him and make another year loan or something, but they can't afford him. Um, so he would be like, yeah, the, like, it's a new coach. Let's see what we can do. But Potter doesn't like Lukaku. I can't I can't see that, him, like, in, like wanting to play with him. Like, no. Potter hates strikers so much that, as Mo pointed out in the summer, Brighton had none and still sold Mope. <laughs> like he's not he's not furiously asking the club for a number nine it's not happening yeah yeah but ah uh, unfortunately You're for right, him though. number nine has a three game ban so <laughs> in right. Felix is a 9.2 not even unbelievable unbelievable Woodgate kind of Woodgate level stuff on that debut um but you're right, though. Like most of those players I listed, will will probably go. They're not going to find it easy to move a lot of these guys on because they're on massive money. But um, 
Yeah. Um, how do you feel about this like this trend that Chelsea are doing with the eight-year contracts? So Mudrik has signed up till 2030. Badi I think, is similar. Yeah, it's definitely accounting work going on. Like, um, so what what I found out from talking to an accountant, Jim D, is the however they pay the transfer fees is irrelevant. It's that on their balance sheet or whatever, I forget it, I did an MBA, whatever it is, the players are assets. So mm-hmm. they can spread the value of that on their balance sheet as an asset that depreciates over the course of the contract. So you pay them up front if you want, but you don't have to reflect it that way um, mm. because you factor in depreciation. So it's a great thing in getting past financial fair play. <laughs> that's, that's fair. I, I, I wonder, so from, from the, I'm cur- more curious about it from the player side because like from, from Mudrick's perspective, I don't know why you would want to sign on for eight, years at 100 grand a week when that's a better salary than you might get otherwise right now but if all goes well in the future that's a very low salary compared to what you could be getting and what some of his peers are already getting then you don't have the flexibility to get out of that contract if you want to like chelsea football club now and chelsea football club in three or four five six seven years time could be completely different things um Mm -hmm. so just it's an odd move i think for the player Although obviously security is great, everyone everyone likes that. Yeah, security is great, but then like to your point, if you're a Mudrik and all of a sudden you turn into a Ballon d'Or candidate, you're gonna be on hundred million. I mean, hundred thousand a week, and you have no leverage to negotiate renegotiate that contract because a you cost about a hundred million, and <laughs> e- even in you know the future that's gonna be difficult to break out of, uh, transfer fee wise because there's no release clause, and secondly you won't be rewarded for how good you are compared to your peers because you have eight years on that contract. <laughs> it'll, it'll take you six years to be in a position to negotiate like, like a raise. And by that point, he's 26 or something, however old he is. And like, do you give a 26-year-old 300, 400K? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. You, know? yeah. It you literally don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the club could literally just ignore him for years. I mean, this is unlikely to happen, but it puts them in a position where they could. Like, he could ask for a raise. They could be like, absolutely not. There's seven years left on your contract. Get back on the training pitch. He can sulk and, like, throw a tantrum, but they can just wait him out. Mm-hmm. In fact, even, you, you even better than that, life. he's 22 now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, 100k a week is nothing to sniff at. If you, if, of course. Like, like, look, I'm trying to think of it as me myself. If my options of leaving Shakhtar are Chelsea and Arsenal, and Chelsea pay the money, and they're strong arming me because everyone else is getting seven arm seven year contracts, I might sign it. Like 100k a week, I'm good. <laughs> like, this is just me. But I've, as I've always said to people, I'm the most. I would be the most unambitious footballer of all time. <laughs> <laughs> First contract on the table, yes, sir. Sign me up. No, I'm not saying the boy's life is ruined. I'm just saying it's uh it's an odd thing. Yeah, like United gave Garnacho 30k a week, and I'm like, you know what, fam? (laughs) I'd do that. (laughs) Wouldn't we all? Um, Speaking of United, uh, you got very excited. Was it yesterday or the day before when uh, Jimmy James Ratcliffe entered the ring? 
yes. Uh, uh, t- tell me a bit more about this this dude. All I know is he's very rich and owns a club in front. What did you say, Nice? Yeah. So um, Jim Ratcliffe is the richest man in Britain, or the richest Brit. Um, so worth like twenty four billion on his own. Where did he um, get his money? Ineos is a petrochemicals company of some kind. Lovely. That's, 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 that's all I know. Um, but uh, he's a United fan, born and bred, and his company, Ineos, is it's actually his company that buys these teams. So they're like part of their business, I guess diversifying their bonds, so to say, <laughs> is sports. So they own Nice, they own Lausanne, which is a terrible project. They own... A team in Ghana, a football team in Ghana, and they own, they have a minority stake in Mercedes F1, uh, and okay. a uh, sailing team and a, and cycling, some one of the British cycling teams. Uh, so they're really big into sport, which is great. Um, their track record of success running those sport teams is not. So Nice are basically where exactly where they were when. They like there's been no real change or no real progress there necessarily. Um, Lausanne got relegated, <laughs> yes. uh, and uh, I have no idea how the Ghanaian team is doing. Um, and Mercedes were great, and then this season they're not. So, with that track record, eh, who knows? But United are a different beast financially to anything that they'd ever own. Um, so they've done decently when you consider the ownership that they have <laughs> currently to even be still alive in my opinion so someone with competence coming in is the idea here whose whose company makes 60 billion dollars in revenue a year unlike the glazers whose company doesn't actually do very much uh th- that that's the dream from united fans it's a fan who has been acumen coming to run the team um but i think the real excitement for fans is is more that this is proof that there are actually people who understand, you know, whatever the valuation is to buy the club and haven't necessarily balked at it and are <laughs> entered running. So it's a sale is, is viable is basically what was really getting my fans excited. What are they looking for? Four or five billion? About five is, is, is what people are saying. Okay. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, is, is, are there... To our knowledge, are there anyone? Is there anyone else interested? Uh, the same article that broke that story about Ratcliffe says that um, there should be ex- bids expected from Asia, America, and the Middle East, which is catch-all for, <laughs> for everybody, really. Um, but I've heard some rumblings of American consortiums. Um, which I know to some people they don't like the idea, but I don't know, whatever. Um, but Dubai and Qatar have been lamed, but Qatar already has PSG, so I, I don't I don't see that as viable. Yeah, um, QSI seem to be kind of sniffing around the Premier League a little bit. There was rumors about a minority stake in Spurs. There's rumors about Liverpool. There's also Saudi rumors about Liverpool. I don't quite know how that would that would work, given Saudi's already owned Newcastle. Um, yeah, I feel like there's going to be a lot of big moves in the next year or two. Yeah, I, I think that what's I think what's happening is so Liverpool declared their intention to sell earlier, but with United coming in, I think what's happening is you're going to see a lot of people entering the fray 
and then maybe saying, hmm, I can't do five billion, maybe I'll do four. And that may, gets you into Liverpool territory. And they might take Liverpool from there. So they're going to split themselves, I think. Um, but both teams are going to move on to new ownership pretty soon. I'm, I'm sure of that. Terrifying for the rest of us. Um, especially when you look at how quickly Newcastle have, <laughs> have improved. They've, they've barely even started buying people yet. And they're already bloody brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um one of your players, I, I, I kind of linking here from Man United to West Ham via Harry Maguire's massive head. Mm. They want him. United have said no, understandably, because it's in the middle of the season. But West Ham are getting relegated, man. It's not looking yeah. good for Moisey. Yeah, it's it's not. And I feel really bad for Moyes because I've, it felt like this has be, become his new Everton, right? Like he's found the project that suits him and... He's he's carrying them above their means, in my opinion, anyway, to what Europa League and Conference like he he did pretty well like like with them yeah. the last two seasons very well and it seems to be falling apart and why this is sad for him is because I always thought this was the last year they could hold on to Declan Rice anyway but a you could get a good valuation for him like a good amount for him if you you know you're a sixth seventh eighth kind of like where they've been recently. If they get relegated, which I think they'll escape, I just think they'll escape it. But even if they if they finish in the low position, it really reduces the leverage mm-hmm. for for the whole club, for Moyes, for everybody. And then people will leave, and then it becomes a shell of itself, and then Moyes will further fail, and then they'll sack him, which is just sad. Like I, I, it sh- it shouldn't it should end on a high for him, and I, and I see it ending on a low now. Yep. Yeah, he arguably should have left. <laughs> After reaching the after reaching Europe, like it wasn't going to get better than that, really. Although they they were on, I know there were multiple times in the last few couple of seasons where they've been like hovering just under the top four, maybe even been in top four for a few minutes here and there. Um, it did look really promising, but they just kind of let that team get old. My theory with Moyes is that when the team gets too good, let me put it another way, he's worse with better quality players. So like, I see that. His West Ham team, when he's got like Monster Suchek in the middle and like uh, Antonio, who's not really a striker, running about a lot up front, and you know, just workman like, very good, can get them to do what he wants. Then he gets like Lucas Paqueta in and Skamaka and these guys who are, who can actually play football, and it just doesn't work. Like when they signed Skamaka, I was like, what's what's going on here? Like I. I... <laughs> Antonio should be your striker day in and day out. Like, what what are you upgrading on him for? It's it, to your point. It's these are the guys that mirror him. They 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 are him. And whenever a manager will always succeed when the players on the pitch reflect that manager and the values. That like, but I think he gets these delusions of grandeur in his brain, and it makes him want to be more exotic. And I'm like, Dave, you could do really really well <laughs> not being exotic you really could you would have thought after after spain he'd have had enough of anything <laughs> exotic whatsoever um I, i'm gonna propose a job swap and that, it's not the first time i mentioned this but everton also have 15 points second mm. bottom in the table um and they have worse players their squad is pretty terrible so maybe moyes would be better there I don't think Lampard would be better at West Ham, but he's got a connection there. So, you know, he'll have, he can do the whole, like, I get the club thing. Um, it can't hurt. 
Uh, it could hurt West Ham. They could go to the League One. They're going, <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, they like, down anyway. Like Frank, Frank is so bad, and I mean, yep. Frank is so so bad. Did you see the statistic that like Frank and um, Stevie Gerrard have worse win percentages than uh, Gary Neville did at Valencia, which was that supposed to be shocking. the worst managerial job of all time? Apparently, that is shocking. Like they are both of them. Are some are two of the worst things that happen to management ever, and Frank being the worst. He may well be. Although I think if we see Steven Gerrard managing Poland, we might see something spectacularly shit. I, I, I'm like, how has this happened? The only <laughs> the, the only way this can possibly be happening is that Matty Cash has recommended him to the Polish FA. My God, my God, he went from. The heir to Klopp's throne to being recommended by Matty Cash to a country that Matty Cash joined last year. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible stuff. It really is. Oh, God. Like, I I would have preferred if he did what Solskjaer did, which is I'm just chilling. (laughs) You know what? I'm just going to chill on this money. Like, Pull one of those things and, like, that's fine. I respect you more than going to manage Poland. What are you doing? What are you doing? It's not the only um, not very good English manager making odd choices. Um, Scott Parker, Club Bruges. Like, in in general, I'm in favor of English managers going abroad and, like, learning new stuff, and I admire that. It's not an easy thing to do. This just feels really odd. It feels like he's made a mistake and so have they, but... Like, there's been some kind of admin mix-up, but it's too embarrassing to admit it. I'm not going to lie. I like it for, for Scott Parker. I don't know why. Like, it's I don't know if Bruges are good or bad right now, but I, I like it. It's different, but it's not like CSK Sophia that, like, Pardue <laughs> went to go and do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's still of relevance. But I feel like they looked at, okay, we want a big-name manager. And big-name is relative to a lot of different things of course yeah but we don't want your regular english bloke we want one with fashion sense and i think scott parker has pretty decent fashion sense and he'll fit in in belgium so that 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 might be where that came from that's fair i haven't been to belgium in about 20 years i don't really know how they dress anymore also i know he's not english but after watching in bruges they probably wanted to come that that way and and find someone from that that got as close to colin farrell as they could (laughs) and that was the best that they could find that is a good film. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I, I missed that. I need to watch that again. It's been too long. Um, where was I going to go with this? Oh, yeah. So Everton are shambles. The fans are stopping players in the street. Uh, who got in a headlock? I, I, I didn't see it myself. I just Someone told me that the CEO, who is a lady, <laughs> was put in a headlock by someone, which I, I as, as much as I frown on violence against women, I kind of want to see this, <laughs> if it's true, because that's that just is- crazy. <laughs> That's quite amazing if that has if that has happened. Um, yeah, I I don't know what what that club is doing. They need to sack Lampard, but I don't really know where they. I I mean, I would just go Dice at least for a few months. So, yeah, why not? Why has this not happened already? I don't I don't get it. Also, where is Big Dunk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, roll him out. Wait, did he leave? I think he did. Because remember, remember we were talking about how that is the man for this job and they had to be agricultural. And he did a better job in like four days that he was there than anyone we've seen. Correct. Like it's, it's actually embarrassing like how this is not 
Well, he had a 25% win, win percentage, so maybe not. But <laughs> <laughs> Out of what, four games? Well, he played... He played four, won one, and drew three. So he didn't lose. <laughs> just his win percentage is bad. Undefeated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he did leave the club, which is a shame. Yeah. No, he'd, he'd be brilliant. He'd be brilliant. Yeah, get, get him back. I mean, that would be the first thing that Sean Dyche would do if he took the job. He'd get Big Dunk back in. The two of them on the touchline, intimidating. Look, you need a little bit of aggro to succeed in this world. Especially in the Premier League, you need it. Someone has to be aggro. I don't want all this tippy tappy from everybody. Someone needs to be aggro, please. Speaking of aggro, um, there were rumors that Diego Simeone is leaving at Atleti at the end of the season. I have not actually seen this confirmed anywhere, but um, I'd enjoy watching him in the Premier League. I've seen a lot of people deny it, um, but the Premier League needs its time. It's time. Uh, and it's Spurs time. It is. <laughs> Look, I need them to do the trifecta of Jose Mourinho, Antonio Conte, and Diego Simeone. I need that hat trick. I need to see that trinity, that trinity unfold. It will destroy the football club. I was going to say, if, if they do that, they, they will have regret spending all that money on the stadium because the fans will blow it up. <laughs> they will blow it up. <laughs> Just imagine him like, Harry Cajones! Like in the st- oh, mate, I need that. I need that. In- inject it. <laughs> it. It would be spectacular. It really would. I don't know. That- Does he speak English? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Yeah, that's a problem. Um, maybe he'll go to Inter or something when Inzaghi sods off. Oh, Atleti did sign Memphis Depay. Yeah. No, I, I think decent, decent move. Three million euros. Yeah, like they've conned the world here because they signed him for three million. He's a good player. Jean Felix is alone, but he's extended his contract. So if they, if the rumors of Simeone are true, they can sack. Uh, well, they get rid of him. They bring Jean Felix back as Memphis Jean Felix and Morata. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad, except for the Morata bit. But it's not bad. <laughs> Also, they somehow managed to con Wolverhampton Wanderers, who admittedly were desperate, but con them into signing uh, Mateus Cunha for close to 50 million euros. Unbelievable. And the weird thing about this was, I mean, it's all weird, but and Wolves transfers are often a bit dodgy, but he was on a loan with an option, mm-hmm. and then they took the option three days into the loan. <laughs> He hasn't even done anything. <laughs> Literally done nothing. Um, like I can see why some clubs are shit. <laughs> yep. Yep. Just, oh, just incredible. Just incredible. Um, we've gotten this far uh, without me asking you a question, which is an important one. Um, are you ready to say that Arsenal have won the title? Because I'm there. It's it's happening, Bernie. Manchester City are not very good, and Arsenal are running away with it. Uh, nope, I'm not ready to say that at all. Um, I, I, I think they are best placed, that's for sure. Um, and maybe somewhere in the depths of my brain, I do think that they're going to win, but will I say it? Absolutely not. I won't say it until... Uh, and and there's, there are two reasons why I won't say this. One... Um, you in 2008, I had Mohamed recorded in January saying Arsenal were going to win the league after they were in a similar position and then got steamrolled by Manchester United 
who won by decent margin. Then, uh, 2016 or 17, when I thought Leicester would stop winning, mm-hmm. and Arsenal were right there, and there was the game against Spurs, was it even? That Danny Welbeck scored a winner or something like that? No, it was, it was against Leicester. It was like, you're right, against Leicester. I thought this is it. Done. Mm-hmm. And I said it on the podcast that Arsenal will win the league now. I said it. Uh... I said it. And I hated myself because I was wrong. <laughs> like, that was that was horrendously wrong. So, so you're never going to put yourself out there again? No, I'm not. Like, I'm absolutely not. Even though this version of Arsenal is better than both of those two. Like, I think this is a better team yeah. than 07 08. I think it's a better team than whatever year Leicester won. Um, I think it's the best Arsenal team, like like in terms of what I'm seeing on the pitch, since Wenger 04 or, or, or 05. Like, I really think it's yep. it's it's that good. Um, now, because they're very young, it's a very young team, the potential to bottle is still there. So a lot of things can happen, but mostly because the team is young. Mm-hmm. I think the manager is doing a madness. I think the system is great and other than that everything looks good but i'm not i'm not gonna find myself out there i've been burned before fair enough um i'm happy to do it i think it's happening um i for for all the reasons that you said about how how brilliant they've been but also because like i don't know man you just watch city week after week and i know it's stupid to write them off and i know that they're capable of going on a on a winning run but they just don't look good they don't look cohesive. They lack ideas. When Haaland is playing, they just cr- spam crosses into the box. Um, they sometimes look better without him. And then sometimes mm-hmm. without him, they look a bit toothless. I don't know. They're just a very weird team this season. Nathan Ake is playing a thousand minutes every game, which we, we talk about a lot. But... I think the chances are good when you consider, like, it's just not easy winning three in a row. Like, like not. I, I'm not sure how Ferguson got his teams to do that. Twice, <laughs> twice, <laughs> yeah, twice to win three in a row. Like the the maniacal nature of your players <laughs> must be intense, and they must be all assholes. Which turned out all of them are. I mean, look at Giggs and Keane and the rest of them. They all turned out to be assholes. So you kind of have to be an asshole and a selfish prick, like yep. to win three in a row. And I'm not sure these Man City players are like that. But at the same time. Let, let me put it this way. If if there is a team that can do it, it's them. Because we kind of saw this with Liverpool once, uh, where they just steamrolled the second half of the season. And I think they didn't, like, I think they won every game from, like, February till April or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. we know that they have priors for this. But at the exact same time that I say this, and United just drew today, so it's weird I'm going to say this, I can plausibly see a position where United finish over City as well. I, I can literally see... It's possible. City winning or City coming third. I can see yeah. I can see those two things happening. Yeah, it's possible. And and I think one of the things that Pep did and I think he did this for two reasons. What like he sold some pretty important players in the summer. Not necessarily starting 11 players like Sterling was on the bench for a lot of last season. Gabi Jesus has been like you know has played half the games for the last few years. Zinchenko kind of the same, but they were important in the squad role. And those, like, we've seen growing up, like, for title-winning teams, you need those squad players. They play massively important roles. I mean, the Sir Alex Ferguson squad players were unbelievable. John O'Shea, Mm -hmm. 
the Nevilles. Like the, these guys come in and they do Edu for Arsenal, Ray Parlett. Like the, these guys come in and they do massively important jobs. And I don't know necessarily that City have them to do that this year. And I think either Pep was bored or overconfident. But when you look at, and I said this the other day to um, our friend Dan Rouse, who is a City fan. But when you look at Nathan Ake on the ball, for example, and I, I know I know we pick on him, but when you look at him on the ball and then you look at Zinchenko on the ball and you look at how yeah. often Nathan Ake has the ball for Manchester City, it's absurd that you would go from one to the other. You know, you know what like blew my mind is that like I don't remember who the starting left back is supposed to be. Like I just know it's not supposed to be Ake. And I know there was a well, time where it was Cancelo, yes. but really, really and truly, he's a right back. Let's, let's if if we're being honest. So I was like, I always thought that they got rid of Zinchenko in my mind because they had a left back. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> but but then like the truth is that there isn't one. And and to your point, Zinchenko was filling that role, and you could say that could be upgraded. But upgrade, like like you got thirty million, upgrade it. Right, like that doesn't make sense to me that that didn't happen. And Gab Jesus, I don't know if they like. I think that Julian Alvarez is a very is a decent player, mm-hmm. but you're getting rid of that know-how, right? Yes. Where like he's probably going to be really good or better later. So you're there's a gap when Holland isn't around or isn't mm-hmm. firing or they can't find him when they're spamming crosses of of an alternative of how to play. And I'm not having this Grealish thing. <laughs> <laughs> I so, tell you not. So, like, and I don't know. There's, there, there's really, and Bernardo doesn't even want to be there anymore. So, how much effort is he really putting in? It, it's a bit of a mess, like, mm-hmm. in some ways. But I've said this before, and then they've just destroyed the rest of the league. So, whatever. It's true. It's true. I, I, ju- it just, I'd completely forgotten that all summer it looked like they were the ones that were going to sign Kukurea. And this is true. I would be. He's had a horrendous season with Chelsea, which is very amusing for the rest of us. But I would, in the alternative universe, I'd have been very interested to see if Kukurea would have been very good for Manchester City as a left back in a team that has the ball a lot more than Chelsea do, which I think is very possible. So I, I was I was looking at something just to see how City have fared in the past, and at this exact point. So right now they have 39 points. Uh-huh. In 2021, when uh, they finished first, United you know, finished second under Solskjaer, they had 38 points at this exact stage. And United had 40. United were top of the league at that point. And last season, I'm sure it's more. I'm sure it's way more. But let's go to match day 19. They had 47 points, and the team in second had 41. So... They were, what do they have right now? What am I seeing right now? Right now they they have have 39, but Arsenal have 47. Yeah, so so Arsenal were in that spot. So City, it's like, in my head, it's like, oh, there's two wins. Like, it feels like not that big of a gap when you think about what they have to overcome. But that's two wins that they're down. Three. At this point. Yeah, sorry, three wins that they're down from last Mm -hmm. season at the same point. That's, That's problematic. That's definitely problematic. It is. Yeah, it is. But they've been um, in this position before and and 
not with the same gap, but they've had this exact points before and got like 87 points or whatever and just absolutely won every other game. So it's possible, but I, I think, uh, Alex, I think what this speaks to, to the point that you made is, I want, I, I hope in some way, a little, 1% of me hopes that Arsenal win. And I'll tell you why, because it will put a confirm end to this idea that just because someone scores a lot of goals, that that person is good for a team. It will end yeah. it. It will kill it yeah, dead. No. Yeah, we're, we're agreed on that. We're agreed on that. This, go, this goes back. This is a deep groove for Bernie that goes back to Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, anyone before that? Or was that the... No, I tried it with Van Persie, but I lost that. That was stupid. But with Zlatan and with Cristiano, who a lot of probably the types of fans that um, Florentino is trying to attract to the, to the Super League, you know, morons, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Just think that because someone scores a lot of goals, they've earned their keep. And it's, it's not always the case. They can drag you down by making everyone else play worse, which is a concept that basketball is very good at. When they try and compare who's the greatest or stuff, they go like, well, who makes their teammates better? I've never heard a single argument like that in football before <laughs> no it's not it's not really a thing that gets talked about very much um couple of a uh, couple of questions sort of um came in on twitter from uh kevin spiker uh sorry if i'm mispronouncing your name spiker Spicer, um at case on twitter um one is is bentner really all that who bentner uh yes he is I whatever agree. that whatever that is he is i i mean to me the man is a legend he he thought he said he was the best striker in the world mm-hmm. when he was a teenager mm-hmm. he did a paddy power underwear thing mm-hmm. he shagged a the door of a taxi mm-hmm. married a what was she was she a model or was she a, like a, a member of the... No, she was a member of the royalty who was like 10 to 15 years older than him and lived in a castle. <laughs> I mean, the guy is incredible. Okay, so let me ask you this question. In the notorious crazy footballer scale, yeah, who is the GOAT? Balotelli or Bentner? It's a good question. I, I mean, the fireworks incident always makes me think about Balotelli. <laughs> I mean, you have to be a serious level of bonkers to let off fireworks in your own bathroom. On the other hand, Balotelli was, oh, he's not dead. He is, for all intents and purposes, a really top bloke. Like, he went around the city of Manchester just handing people cash. Socialism at its finest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every, every time I see the Balotelli pirouette back heel attempt uh, at a goal, I cry. I cry hot tears. So Balotelli always wins it for me. <laughs> His reaction to that was the best. Everyone like, just... <laughs> everyone's screaming at him and he's like, what? It's a fucking friendly. Like, who gives a shit? Incredible. Absolutely oh. incredible. Um, Kevin's other question was ain't Xhaka wonderful? I mean, you know, you know my answer to that, Kevin. Uh, that that's all for you, bro. That's all you. 
I mean, I was going to try and give it to you to, to for some like relatively objective analysis, but all I can say is he's having a wonderful bloody season. He's turned himself around. Fantastic footballer. Um, I still hate the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, it's a testament to Arteta's man management. What Very what, much he's, so. what he's done to turn that situation around with, with him, which I think is one of the reasons why Arsenal are so good. Like, you know, watching the Spurs Arsenal game, you kind of thought, mm, is there going to be a reaction here um, from Spurs? But Jacques, the combination specifically of Xhaka, Partey, uh, Partey and Odegaard just mm-hmm. swarmed them. Mm-hmm. And, and Zinchenko. Yeah. Yeah. And you think like there's a weak link in Xhaka? No, not really. Not anymore. Anyway, like he's, no. He 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 was plugging gaps and tra- he gives a lot of aggro, <laughs> you know. And like one thing I think a lot of people have said about Arsenal over the years is that they're kind of soft at at times. But like mm-hmm. he's he's taken that very very personally. And I saw <laughs> at the end of the game, Arteta had to like restrain him, which was so funny to me. Um, but no, he's he's aggro, but he's also a, a threat. Uh, almost every game he has like a shot on goal that could be a goal if not a goal um, or Odegaard just scores and he lays it off to Odegaard or something like that mm-hmm. um, so it's like without him I, I, sadly I, I have to say without him I don't think you're top no I mean that's probably true that's probably true as much as it is difficult for me to admit <laughs> um, but uh, Arsenal strongly linked with Declan Rice which I think would be an absolutely brilliant idea, frankly. I mean, I think basically Declan Rice would be a brilliant idea for any, for literally any team. But I think when you're looking at either upgrading Xhaka or replacing Thomas Partey, um, who can get injured, might go to jail, who knows? Um, mm-hmm. Declan Rice is, is probably your best bet. If you get him, I'm done because I'm I'm I've want I've wanted him. The club, my club, has wanted him like for three years. In fact. There was a whole Declan Rice acquisition plan. <laughs> which, what which was this was, a Facebook group? No, it, no, not for me. From United, it was wait till West Ham gets shit, <laughs> then you can negotiate for him. And it just so happened uh, that now that means everyone else can bid for him too. So yeah, let's we'll see what happens there. But uh, I'm not happy about that. Yeah, understandably. All right. Well. That's uh, that's all the action. I mean, there was Liverpool beat Wolves in the FA Cup. Um, honestly, there are so many games, and they're all during the week, and I'm having a hard time keeping up with all of them. And who's left well, in which cup? Well, there was there was that, which was um, I think Liverpool they won one nil, but they, you know, there was VAR in the first game that was controversial that got them there. There was United beating City in the Premier League over the weekend, which. I'm 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 just gonna laugh, <laughs> and everyone knows why I'm just gonna laugh. Uh, and then United played Palace today, and all I will say is that free kick from Olise. If you haven't seen it, my God! Oh yeah, my God, that was amazing. what a hit! Um, confirm this for me because I've just seen the highlights and the short highlights as well. So it's 90th minute to equalize at home. Yeah, Olise doesn't celebrate, and really, nor do any of his teammates. Like they surround him, but it's a very subdued celebration, and I was surprised mm. at that. I don't know why. I, 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 because I, I turned off. Well, not turned off. I turned away in disgust. 
and appreciation at the same time. But I saw he didn't celebrate initially, and I thought, like, oh, he's that guy. Oh, you're that guy. Um, And I went, I I was engaged in the United group chat who were furious at the performance in the second half, so I didn't really take note, where many of them were saying, Olise better than Anthony. (laughs) So, I agree with that. um, Look, whether I think, it doesn't matter who I think is better. All I know is there isn't a 75 million pound gap between the two. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. And one of them Uh, seems like a less of a prick than the other. Yeah. Like, why couldn't we just do that? Like, why couldn't we just do that deal? It's just pissing me off, but whatever. Yeah. Anthony was rubbish again today, by the way. I know you didn't watch it, but I'm, I am the, Anthony's beginning to be my Xhaka, where Mm -hmm. I really don't like the signing. I don't like the player that much. And I obviously don't like the fee. Like, there's not much to like. He's also not speedy, which for me is a prerequisite to being a winger at my club. Like I need pace, so I, I'm war- I hope I I warm to the idea, but I honestly, like. the the longer this goes, and I know Sancho has just come back from his kind of individual training, so we should see him in action soon. But like the longer it goes on with these two not performing, you've got like almost two hundred millions worth of right wing <laughs> right wingers there doing nothing. And and the best one that we've had in years is in jail. Yeah. Oh, forgotten about him. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the, like he can play for the prison team and be the generational player there. Um, there but someone said that if Sancho has uh, is able to revive his United career the way Arwan Basaka has, then Anthony's on the bench permanently because you know Dalo may not play again the way Arwan Basaka is playing. I have always liked this kid, and I'm glad to see it. That tackle he made on Zahar in towards the end of the the United game was one that only the spindly legs of of Aaron Bissaka or someone with exactly the same build would have been able to make. The funniest thing is, I know that Zaha knew that Wambasaka oh. was going to make that tackle. Yes, because I don't know if anyone's ever read the profile on him, where Zaha was like, he just kept tackling the shit out of me in training, <laughs> and that's how I knew he was going to be amazing. And I think he's been brilliant since he came back into the team. Absolutely brilliant. But he's been doing the same things he was doing before last season that made him a lockdown defender and people couldn't get past him. It's just he's being appreciated now, I think, because he's in a team that people can sort of think that they feel that there's a a, a game plan and mm-hmm. the manager is a bald you know, guy. <laughs> like because <laughs> Luke Shaw's playing amazing, but he was the best left back in the world two years ago. So in the world, let's calm it a bit. You know I'm a well, fan, but let's calm down a bit. Well I did say it on the pod, that's why I'm repeating myself. I have to be consistent. <laughs> but when twenty twenty one when England got to the Europa League final, who was a better left back than him? Europa League oh the Euros. Um <laughs> I don't know, but my memory's shit. I mean, in the Premier League, who was better? Robertson had a shit season that year with Liverpool. Things did not go well. That particular season, when Robertson has been the de facto best left back in the world for like four years, no? Was that the COVID season? Was Euros COVID? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was like it was like the back end of mm. like the second half of the season. Mm. They started letting people back into the stadiums. Right. Yeah, I can't I, really remember. I have to say, that season, 
if you can't remember, then it's automatically <laughs> solution. <laughs> so my, my point is just that, like, these players hit a high. I mean, Bruno Fernandes was a lot better than he is now, even. Mm-hmm. Um, but you had a Varane who's not playing like, a, as we called him, a wee-wee smalling. Um, and Lissandra Martinez, and then you had Ericsson, who is just insane. Like, Ericsson gives you 60 minutes, but those 60 minutes, my God. Yep. <laughs> they good 60 minutes. Um, yep. You know, and, and then the rest of it is like, yeah, competent. Obviously, Rashford is, is playing like he used to play. So... It's all, it's all, it's all looking good. Except, and this is why I'm scared of the Arsenal game. They'll still let you back into games. And Casemiro got his yellow card. So about this, right? Casemiro shouldn't have played this game, in my opinion. Like I don't, I don't understand that. I don't get it. I do not get it. But even then, people who watch United will see that United always let teams come on to them in the second half of the games. Always, without fail. That has not changed. And Casemiro always gets a yellow card in the second half when teams come on to them. And I just thought, please, halftime, you want to up? Take a chance on this. Bring on Fred. <laughs> but, hey, we're, we're going to lose the midfield battle anyway. Now it's going to be a massacre in the midfield. So. It's, it's who else is it going to be? Like Fred and Ericsson. <sighs> what was it when we beat you in the reverse fixture? Didn't happen, don't know. Forgotten it. Uh, yeah, it was two one. It might have been McFred at that point because Casemiro wasn't in the team. Yeah, Scott kept him out for a bit. Uh, ooh, that <laughs> I typed two one, and they went back to 2018 with uh, uh, what's his name, Paul Pogba. Wow, that's not that what guy. I want. That's not what I want. I'll find it later, but. It's a disadvantage, I'll say that much. Um, Very much so. Very much so. Before we finish, let's do a quick run at two teams who are also having existential troubles. Mm. Right. If you are in charge of Liverpool, do you consider sacking Klopp? Not necessarily right now. No. But towards the end of the season, if things aren't improving. No. No. I'm I'm a big believer in uh, uh, credit in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and I remember they had a, a incredibly well what was going to be an incredibly shit season, and then they won like all their games in the last month or so, and then they got fourth or third or whatever it was that year. So they can still make a run to fourth. I still I have a a bit of Newcastle. I'm like. Oh. It's a bit. It feels like that Leicester season where I'm probably going to say they're not going to get a top four, and then they will. Yep. But it's better for me to bet against them <laughs> than for them. You know what I mean? Like I, lo- I lose less. <laughs> I guess. Uh, but it feels like they can still make it, although there are shit, and they just lost their last game in the league. So you know. <laughs> they got bashed around by Brighton. It was a training ground exercise for Brighton. Mm-hmm. It, like it was as if. If Liverpool didn't show up at all, same result. It's three nothing. Same result. <laughs> Just some mannequins. Yeah, go home. <laughs> and and oh man, Trent. They need to find a right back that can give him some. You know the thing that people say about Luke Shaw, where like you sign another left back and he starts playing well. Like do that with Trent because his defending is 
garbage. Mitoma, I forget how to say his name, but Mitoma, uh, Mitoma just he. Did you read that Mitoma learned how to dribble by studying dribbling in university? Like it's almost, it's almost offensive. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, but it, it, the way like he destroyed Trent was like, did this guy study dribbling? <laughs> it's he's. I mean, pretty much everyone the Brighton sign are just incredible examples of scouting and homework and it just makes everyone else look really stupid yeah but then they took the brighton scouting team and they went mm, who do arsenal want <laughs> yeah. like what what is this <laughs> yeah chelsea like Ch- yeah chelsea employed a whole new scouting structure and then don't need it because they can just buy anyone that they want yeah great hack into edu's email <laughs> Uh, Chelsea have appointed a hacker today. In a... <laughs> um, right, the second one. Um, if you are Daniel Levy, do you sack Antonio Conte? Yes. Appoint Mauricio Pochettino. Do you sack yourself? Do you? What do you do? Or do you let this play itself out a bit? No, you, you sack Antonio Conte. Um, no matter what occurs, if you sneak into the top four, sack him. If you don't sneak into the top <laughs> four, sack him. Like, Antonio Conte cannot be Spurs manager next year. It's too much uh, yelling. It's too much controversy. It's no one likes anybody. Like, if they get into top four, it's because of corruption and, like, maybe injuries and some, some ills of society that will occur. It's not sustainable. It's not long-term. Sack him. Fair play. A final statement. <laughs> I don't think they'll sack him. Um, I think he might. Well, honestly, we've been talking about this for like since he basically since he was appointed. Um, I just don't still think it's very unclear. He did do an interview today, though, basically saying that like, so his family still live in Italy, Mm. and his mates keep dying. So like, um, sorry, I didn't really mean to say that as flippantly as I did, but Viali just died. Mihailovic died. His Mm. fitness coach died. And he's basically just said in this latest interview, like, it really makes you think about what's important. And having my family in Italy and me being here is really difficult, which you can absolutely understand. Um, And probably that's why, I mean, amongst other reasons, he's not been keen to sign a contract. Um, And to that point, I think you have to say, like, if that's how you're feeling and Pochettino is just sitting there and really wants the job. And apparently Tuchel also wants the job. I think that would be hilarious and, and a terrible idea. But you have these other options. Maybe you do just have to bite the bullet. I don't think they will yet. But like, I never felt that he really wanted to be there. I know we talked about the United job that he wanted and all that. And I think that's really what... like When, when you're someone's... Um, what's that word I'm looking for? Slop, like, slop. Yeah, it's never a good idea. Um, but I'm trying to figure out how old his kid is because he has a daughter, uh, and how old she is. Because listen, if she's a grown woman, then I don't really understand why, like this whole thing of them being away from you is a big deal. But if she's a kid, why didn't you move your family there? Like, it's that Mourinho thing of living in a hotel thing. It's like, mm. I imagine you would move your entire life to England to do this so, job and you're fully committed and in it. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I would imagine different different people do different things. It looks like she's fifteen. Um, so all of his school. so his jobs before this were all in Italy, apart from the Chelsea job, which means mm. that they will his family will have been almost entirely in Italy their whole lives. Mm. So maybe she's still in school and all that that stuff. And yeah. Okay, I can understand it. I can understand it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, then um, why make a mug of the whole inter thing? Like, come on, man! Now I'm annoyed for his life choices. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Anyway, be interesting to watch. Uh, that'll probably do, man. You've got The Last of Us to watch. Um, yep. And I want you to watch it so that we can talk about it. So you go and do that, and uh, we'll do this again next week. All right. Cheers, mate. Thanks.